It is a new day in the workroom and today we are kicking it up about Drag Race Philippines with the wonderful contributing editor of Image magazine, Melanie Morris. Thanks for joining us in the workroom. Keen, thank you so much for the chance to do this. Um, no problem. I have to say, as somebody who is probably not the typical catchment for RuPaul and World of Wonders subscriptions, I'm the person who sends all their analytics absolutely arse words uh, because I'm probably old enough to have been to the nightclubs that RuPaul would describe from his heady days and to meet people like Lee Barry and the other sort of club kids that he refers to. I'm female, cis female. Uh, you know, I'm probably everything that uh, their, their analytics aren't and that means that I have very few people to talk to drag race talk drag race with. so this is brilliant okay no problem but thank you for coming along and thank you for committing your time and sacrificing season 15 to spend time in Philippines with me <laughs> well now that's only temporary keen I'll be back to season 15 but I do find um the thing about watching drag race and especially when you're binging it and watching it like loads if you have yeah. two, it's like boyfriends. If you have two on the go, you get into trouble and you confuse them. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I could probably happen manage with two now from doing the pod, but no more than two. Ah, uh, well, now you've built up a tolerance over the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I, Are you calling me <laughs> promiscuous? <laughs> I'm calling you drag race. Oh. <laughs> Whereas I have to love the one I'm with. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, some people made for life, you know, that, that's. The, <laughs> and also that's I have goes. to say a big thank you, because had yeah. I not been watching this one for the pod, I absolutely would have given up. And I think the thing about Philippines, and I know we're going to get into it now, the joy is in how it evolves. It's a slow burn. Yeah, I think yeah. anyway. Well, what is your relationship with the international franchise? Like how many do you watch? Like, would you watch this if I hadn't asked you to watch it? I would have watched this one because I actually, Thailand was my next one. And then you came along and asked me about Philippines because I, you know, I absolutely loved Pangina Heels on the world. So I want to see what all of that is about. Um, But I've been watching mostly the non-subtitled franchises been watching those ones uh i don't really mind if rupaul is the presenter or not i really really enjoyed mm-hmm. um canada yeah Canada's with great. um Brooke. with mm-hmm. brooklyn heights you know i thought that worked really really nicely for me it was a nice watch so this was my first dalliance into subtitles and uh going even a little bit further away okay right well let's get into it like well let's kind of stick to our normal format of we'll work through the queens and then we can work through some of the challenges and just see where the conversation kind of takes us from there so brilliant 10 or 12 queens uh first out so we kind of you know we don't have to spend too much time talking about about prince um did prince stand out to you when they walked into the run room for the first time did they stand out for me yeah um yes and no i mean i think when you see the queens at the beginning, it's literally like, you know, that memory test you have to do when you were a kid where they put 12 things on a tray and then they take the tray away and you've got to try and remember them all. There's a cer- And it doesn't matter what uh, nationality or what franchise it is. I have that problem. And I think we all do, you know, that we're not going to get a la la in every occasion yes. to try and remember. But uh, the one I suppose that stood out for me most of all um, was Venus Deluxe. 
in her bath towel. Yes. <laughs> Loved that. <laughs> Loved that. And then my eyes nearly popped out uh, when I saw Minty Fresh was 18. Yes. Very so they were the two. Yeah, the yeah. two stood out for you. All right. Yeah. So actually, it's good, good to clarify at this point. How much did you know about the season? Did you know who won? Did you know some of the queens? No, I knew absolutely nothing. I went in completely, completely um, virgin. But of course, you know yourself as you start watching, you, you start scrolling, you start looking on. Yeah, you do all of that. And I did. I did. Unfortunately, I found out who won before I got to the end. But I, in this case, it didn't really um, disappoint the situation for me at all. So okay. it was grand. I did know. Pers- did you do much swatting? Uh, no, I try to stay away from the international franchise as much as possible. But because I was at Drag Race, or sorry, at Drag Con, um, there was like a performance of all the winners and Precious Paul and Nicole was, was going to be performing. So I was like, I see. Okay. And she winked at me when we were in the press room. I was very excited about that. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Prince, I'm glad Prince got a catchphrase of not not, uh, not the shoes or put the shoes, oh, you know. The so, shoes! Yeah, you know, she can flog that on a t-shirt for the next six months and hopefully that'll do her for a bit. But yeah. Well, do you know, I saw on Digital Spy when they were doing the kind of the breakdown of who all the various queens were that they mentioned that Prince had a merch line and I thought, well, now Prince has any sense. I know the first merch I'd be doing if I were her. Yeah, get some graphic designer because the shoes were pretty bad. They were pretty like those super strappy things. Yeah. You know, they were the kind of thing, honestly, like I've I've kind of had those panics where you've you've sort of gone, damn it, I've everything except the shoes. And then you go into somewhere ridiculous. You'll go into pennies because you think you're going to save some money. You'll pick out something and then you put them on and you go, this actually doesn't work. But also with a saggy baggy morph suit, they were even worse. With the blue socks as well, it was... It was horrendous. Horrendous. It was print. so bad. Yeah, it was really, really bad. What were you thinking, love? But anyway, um, Prince needs to get going on some good merch. And then we'll all forgive her. Yeah. <laughs> before we get to some of the rest of the queens, actually, uh, I didn't know much about Paolo Ballesteros uh, before the show, but I was... Really impressed with them throughout the show, both as a host and both as as the looks they presented. And I think, I think maybe my favorite international host at the moment, like visually stunning. Oh my! I have to tell you, I have the biggest crush on Paula Ballesteros. Honestly, I think they are just. And I was actually looking, seeing that um, Paolo has two point four million followers, and I'd say two point four million. People have a crush on Paolo yeah. Ballesteros. <laughs> and growing. Oh, no, Irish. they yeah. are absolutely. I, I mean, you know, we, we have Miss Congeniality of the series, every series. I think they need to have Ride of the Series. I know that they have Trade, trade of the yeah. Series, but yeah. they actually need Ride of the Series. And and that's Mama Pow. <laughs> it's a subtle cultural difference now is Ride versus Trade that, that I don't think the Americans get. <laughs> And you know, I'm not sure they ever will, but um, but it's it's nice to the inside track on it, and we we can take ownership of that yes, one. I think 100. It's like when you see uh, Nelly Furtado named her album "The Ride," and it was over like do an Irish promo for it, and we were like, "Oh, Nelly, <laughs> does she know what she's <laughs> doing?" She doesn't know what she's talking. Uh, but I think pa- Paolo's a big ne- I mean besides the 2.4 million Instagram followers Paolo is big seems to be yeah and they, they, they? they reference their their career throughout the show and like some photo campaigns that they've done and kind of work that they've they've done in other places like it, they seem 
to kind of have the closest thing to the RuPaul there via we know from the outside who knows very little about the Philippines drag and from the aesthetic as well because some like I think Supreme Deluxe is a beautiful soul but sometimes I'm like Carmen Ferrara looks better do you know so but I'd be like at no point did any of the queens come there to, to Paolo on the runway no not and and wouldn't even dream to you know they seem to have that respect for them as well you know that they you know whenever Paolo came into the workroom the catcalls the the admiring of their outfits you know all of this kind of thing you know Paolo absolutely is up there and also Paolo's looks you know uh, I would imagine everyone wants to dress them, um, but they, you know, they're not small. It's obviously very, very easy to dress uh, somebody who is tall and absolutely rail-like. And Paolo isn't that, and yet looks phenomenal in all the looks. You know, the balancing, the proportion, the silhouettes, everything is just perfect in Mufti and in drag. Yeah, 100%. Um, mm. Jiggly, happy to see her. Did she, she did a good job? Loved Jiggly. Um, and I was actually sad that Jiggly didn't make it into the Kiki interviews. Uh, yes. And I know we're going forward here, but they chose Khaled Karen, who was one of the other regular yeah. judges. And I liked her and too. I, she was good, but she was more straight up. And I think Jiggly actually spoke from the heart more and you know as each episode emerged uh jiggly had had real content to put in now i was never a massive jiggly fan watching any of the drag races be it the the series that she was on or the all-stars you know she didn't really like my boat one way or another i mean she's evolved amazingly um her look has has really really come together she looks great i could do without the sparkly cup in everything that was beginning to grate okay. <laughs> and I think she's unfortunate because kind of the two things she's known for are for being bad like that post-apocalyptic look where she had the bits of tinfoil hanging off her and she was like swinging a, a severed leg and then who can forget Snooki wants to smush smush as well like again <laughs> that romper room fuckery so she's kind of known for just having quote bad drag even though she doesn't but they're the kind of her two iconic moments and then she never got to stick around too long and also six so yeah I do like her though, and, and I got to see her better, like more of her like nurturing side in this role. Well, do you know what? You'd have to get up very early in the morning to get one over on Jiggly. And, you know, when she was calling out um, Corazon in the second episode. For, um, for, not, for wearing a dress she brought from home in a design challenge, right? That, that was meant to be, you can only wear a sort of a, an undergarment, isn't that is? You can't wear a base frock if you don't make it. But I mean, Jiggly was the one who noticed. Jiggly was the one who called it out. And, you know, I, I think she did a really, really good job. And I'd like to see her back again. Yeah, me too. I liked Khaled Karen. I think she was a stunning woman. But mm. I think she always kind of, it was always very sugarcoated her critique. Do you know, I can't remember a single one of her critiques, which isn't, which isn't a good sign. It was sign, all very you know? like, didn't love it. Do you know, that was like, yeah. which, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of me and the podcast sometimes, but like to their face, didn't love it. I'm just like, okay. Whereas on the other side, Raho Laurel. Loved him. <laughs> I, 
I went on a journey with him because I thought that, and I will get into Trashgate, but like, I thought that was too far. Oh, I agree with you on that one. Um, I was wondering, was he trying to make his own little mark on the show by doing that? Or did he just get a bit carried away? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I liked his content. I actually like his taste. I agreed with him on most of the things that he got very animated about, whether it was positive or negative. Um, and, you know, it got it sent me into a little wormhole of looking at his work, you know, and, and I, I'm interested in him, yeah, liked him. Definitely. I think they did a good job of, of you know, having different four figures of, of Filipino culture in those in that panel as well, which I thought was really good, which is something that I think is brilliant about Spain, you know, and the Javis and having Anna, Anna, Anna looking there as well, you know. I think, well, I suppose it makes for a really good panel mm-hmm. as well. You know, that you're getting plenty of different personalities on it. Sure, isn't that how X Factor always works? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we always wanted to hear, you know, Daddy Minogue's critiques or whatever. Oh, she, was Daddy Minogue. she was on the better ones. She was on the better ones. I was about to say that, you know, the sort of the Cheryls are the ones who are a little bit um, lukewarm or just not necessarily m- m- memorable. And, um, that would have been poor old BJ because all we remember about him is his initials got plumbed. He kept the same joke every time he was there. BJ the photographer. BJ the photographer. <laughs> BJ the photographer who God love him looked 12 years old. Yeah, it was like a younger version of Jay Jolie. Like, <laughs> it was like doing an internship with the camera. <laughs> but there's there was one episode where John... What's his name? Oh, the other yeah. judge? Sander? John Santos. What? Santos. Why was he controversial? I didn't look, ever look that up. They kept going, controversial comedian. Why was John Santos controversial? I have no idea, but equally, I have no idea why Ross... Equally, I have no idea why Ross Matthews... It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, John Santos, controversial, controversial. comedian. I, I, I got why he was there for the two impersonation challenges. I didn't know why he came back towards the end. I think they kind of run out of rope with him. They didn't really know what to do with him, but they probably contracted him to do a few. So yeah. they were just ticking boxes. I think it was also he quarantine was... that they were like, well, you know, Pia Versbach is still around. Let's get her out for the final. <laughs> of course, of course. She's knocking around and, and, and has done the, you know, the, the quarantine. So yeah, we may as well make use of it. But um, no, I think that John didn't strike me as being hotter. You know, John didn't strike me as being controversial. I didn't think he was that great in the Snatch Game. Didn't think he was funny at all. Um, but uh, there was one bit where we were, I was just saying that himself and BJ were sitting together. Literally, it looked as though they were sharing a stool yeah. or something. <laughs> and I was looking at them going like, is that his kid or something? Or what's going on? And then I remembered it was oh, BJ. Yeah. But it did look odd. Yeah, because the way they announced BJ that second time was, I was like, am I supposed to know him? And then I was like, oh yeah, he was back. Why, why is he back? Anyway, the whole Pia Wurstenbach uh, thing, obviously stunning, 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 stunning woman. And sounds he's have a good profile and a hot husband herself after my creep. But they kind of kept making jokes about the wrong winner being announced. And I remember that famous Steve Harvey moment where he announces the wrong winner. But I don't think that was her. I think that was another year. I have no idea about that. But I was happy to just watch her and her beauty. And I loved her crowns, her headdresses. 
I just thought she was fabulous. But I think you've literally put your finger on it there where you're explaining when you know when you're saying due to quarantines and due to COVID that they probably just had a pool that they needed to keep dipping back into. Although why they let her present some of the awards, like actually giving her top billing jobs. She must be she must be only massive in the Philippines. Yeah. Oh no, she must be. She's our Rosanna Davison. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I loved that when she came back for the finale, she came back in drag. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Do you know? Oh, can I? Yeah, I was. I absolutely love a cage dress. And I was looking at her, going like, "Oh my god, I love her outfit." And then I'm going, "Okay, I'm probably actually a bit extra." That if I was to choose any outfit for myself from that series, if I had her lovely legs and if I had her hot bod, I would have chosen that white outfit. I think it's divine. Oh, she looked amazing. And her shoes were incredible. (laughs) I guess while we're on the guest um, judges slash, because I guess there wasn't Mm. really, there's only one guest. No, no, Patrick Starr. So yeah, I guess Patrick Starr came in for one episode. And then the other guest was uh, Regine. What was her name? Regine. I have it here. Uh, Regine Velasquez, the singer. She was on one of the first episodes. Am I right? Uh no, she was well. Maybe it wasn't the first one she, when they had to do the musical challenge, the girl group challenge, and they had to impersonate the ladies, the famous, uh, the OPM divas challenge. So yeah, that was episode four. Yeah, if that was yes, the yes. I I remember her vaguely because she just didn't look like the other regular panelists, <laughs> but she didn't strike a, a necessary chord with me either. You could definitely get the sense of gravitas from her in the room that they seemed to be really impressed with her, and then yeah. her casual, humble bragging on Tux being like. I've only won 75 of the 300 singing competitions I've been in. So, you know, I'm a mere mortal. It's just, it is. Actually, that's a, that's a LinkedIn post, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I you can know, do but... it too. I've only won 75 out of 300 singing competitions. Look at all the ones that are available for you to win that I didn't win. <laughs> People call me Asia Songbird, but you know, I've lost 225 times. Hashtag be brave. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I can. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. not my kind of gal. No. <laughs> right, let's jump back to the queens. Then eleventh place was Corazon, which is a bit of a shock, I think, because she was the first into the workroom, and they normally, you know, hold a, a production things are going to do particularly well. It seems to be she was in the bottom two because of like her cheating at the design challenge and then she just got beaten in the lip sync to Lady Morgana. Um, But I think she probably would have had more to show if she had stuck around. Well, now, interesting, because I think she is one of the ones who, you know, I've won 99 million pageants, you know, in her um, intro video. (coughs) Mm. It's I won this and I won that and then I won an online pageant and then I won a pageant from this and I won male pageants and female pageants and... She's got a very, very white set of teeth. That was <laughs> what I remember about Corazon. But you know what I didn't like about Corazon? Now, um, episode two, when they have to... I, firstly, can I say I loved seeing all the mini challenges back because a mini challenge for me is it's a great bit of context. It's a great way to see the queens when they're not literally, you know, performing in that way. But Corazon... Um, was co- remember Turing who we're going to get on to shortly I'm mm-hmm. sure who was the larger girl mm-hmm. had to climb up a pole and Corazon and some of her buddies were ma- were calling her a spit pig or something like that 
Pig oh, on the spit. Yeah. And I thought, that's that was not nasty. nice. Yeah. That's not nice. That put me off Corazon. And then, of course, um, when she cheated out. with her yeah. under frock, I thought, you know what? That's karma. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, she was actually so, up against uh, Turing in that lipstick. So Turing, yeah. Turing kicked her out of the competition for that. Well, there you so, go. That really is karma, isn't it? Is, yeah, 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Karma's so, a bitch. Next up is uh, Gigi Era. And I don't know about you, but when I think of Chala, I think of Chala not holding a Chala. When I think of Chanak, I think of Chanak not holding a Chanak. That's what she called pedantic. But you One know, of my favourite Air- moments of the whole scene. When I think of Chala. I think of Chala, not holding a Chala. <laughs> I mean, what more can I say? Oh my God. Well, that Gigi era is a bit confusing because um, she's an OPW which we learned as an overseas Filipino worker. Am Mm -hmm. I right? Yes. Originally down in Australia, then comes back. You see the rest of the Queens kind of scratching their head going, sorry, you're here because? (laughs) (laughs) Because the rest of us actually all work in the same nightclub, pretty much. (laughs) And you're over in Australia. Mm. (laughs) But um, I I think Gigi era was clever to get one out of the bag and have her, um, her mirror moment quite early on in the series. Yeah, exactly. And I, she couldn't wait to get in front of that mirror to burst into tears. And sorry, I'm being I'm being harsh there. I'm being very, very cynical. There's a lot of crying in there is a Philippines. there's a lot of family trauma from the Philippines. So there's up. a lot of religion, there's a lot of crying and there's a lot of family. But mm-hmm. I suppose that's what the Philippines is all about. They are very and there's a lot of praying. Yeah. I guess it's a very Catholic country, isn't it? Christian a anyway. lot of praying. Yeah. And a lot of reference to snot when they're crying. <laughs> and also, not... when, we, when we discussed the Philippines, I uh, my my friend of mine uh, dates a, a Filipino girl, and I was asking him. So I was I knew that in Philippines, one of the most popular languages was Tagalog, and I was like, "This is the most bilingual show I've ever seen." Because if you haven't seen it and you're listening, they'll start a sentence in English and change into Tagalog, and apparently. That's very commonplace in the Philippines. I thought it was possibly because they were trying to make the show international and they were like, sure, give us as much English as you can. Kind of like when you go to the Gale Talk and they're like, throw us as much Irish as you can. And then you can again. use the English where you want to. The odd bit of Berlin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But apparently it is a very commonplace thing that like they could say the same sentence twice and they would say it differently each time based on the, the amount of English and Tagalog that's in it. And I find that fascinating. I thought it was really interesting. I also thought it was fascinating that as the show went on, their English got better and better mm. and better. They were using more English and they were using it in longer sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought there was a lot of improvement on many levels across the board as the show went on yeah. or as the series went on. But I definitely noticed there was more English being used. Um, and I loved the absolutely frequent splatterings of I won't be able to do it in the accent but the oh my god you know the way the Filipinos always say oh my god (laughs) there's lots of oh my god which is absolutely hilarious and I've picked up the word chalo as well or is it or yeah c-h-a-l-o-t that they say or chala whenever like it's base means just kidding whenever they said anything about anyone they're like oh chala yeah, so I've picked that oh, up. Oh, that's clever. Because I looked it up because it's the name of one of the challenges and apparently it's it means just kidding, but it's particularly originated from queer Filipinos who started using it. 
now it don't isn't there a Filipino gay language? Oh, I, I know think, there's I think an English f- gay language called Polari. I can remember I've heard of that as well. Uh, but I think I have heard that there is a kind of a slang gay language that is particular to the Philippines and is a Philippine language as opposed to an English or an American mm. English based language. Oh, yeah, that's so that's good. quite interesting. So yeah. maybe that's where your chala, what your, where your yeah. chala is coming from. Um, but yeah, back to Gigi era. The only, the main thing I yes. liked about her, <laughs> and again, this is because my mind is warped because of world of wonder. I love when there's a queen who is kind of like has one foot into two countries that have a RuPaul franchise because I think their perfect pickings for a, a versus the world are they going to be there for down under are they going to be there for Philippines who knows they could be both I'm, you know you're so right and uh, the ambidextrous queen yes <laughs> versatile <laughs> but uh, do you know what I wouldn't be holding my breath for Gigi era I'm sorry to say um, you know if I heard that she was one of the list of you know Philippines versus the world I wouldn't really care. Although all I can see when I close my eyes and think of her is in her costume or her her drag outfit. Um, As the child. You, yes. Yeah. With the blood and the baby bonnet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't I don't... looks good in a baby no, bonnet. I kind of appreciated she went for it, though. Like, yeah. I mean, when they she were like, it's not did. glamour. I didn't mind it. But anyway, I mean... You kind of felt her her narrative being wrapped up anyway, so I I didn't really mind it. Yeah, I think she just peaked too soon with her mirror moment. If if ever I end up on Drag Race, can I tell you I'm hanging on to my mirror moment for a bit further down the series. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might then, get a few mirrors out of it. And if you get kicked off prematurely, you just have it at the end of the runway as your final line. <laughs> so anyway, before I go, let me tell you about my mum. <laughs> <laughs> just one thing. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's now, so true. My first impression, uh, my first few impressions of the first few episodes was, wow, these queens have such heart because I fell in love with Turing straight away. I thought, what a beautiful soul that you didn't have a bad, you don't have bad drag, you just had a bad day. It sounds better when you say it in broken English like she does, but I don't want to because I feel I'd be making fun of her. But like, I just thought that was such a gorgeous sentiment. I could not agree with you more. I loved her. I she she's one of the most gentle queens I've seen on any series. Now I have to tell you, I'm normally a girl who loves a Laganja Stranja split from a height <laughs> ventry. But Turing just if I saw somebody doing an interpretive dance about COVID with a sequined or a studded face mask, I would normally be sniggering up my sleeve. God forgive me. But she actually stopped me in my tracks and everything I saw her do afterwards. She's just one of nature's lovely people who takes their time and forces you to relax and take your time along with her. You have to obviously give her the space and the time she deserves. And I thought she was fabulous. I I literally melted. I thought she was she was incredible. Yeah. And I mean, it's. I mean, it's it's weird how the show sort of typecasts bigger queens, but you rarely see a bigger queen who's the best dancer. And that's what Turing was, because she killed that pop-off at a challenge. Like, she was by far the best dancer there. 
She was. And, you know, anytime, and she listened, that's why she managed to slay how many, how many, um, how many dancer or uh, lip syncs? I think she was only lips, in two. Yeah. She only beat, I think she only beat Corazon because then she went home in her second one, which was against Lady she Morgana. Did. Yeah. Which actually surprised me. Yeah, me too. Um, but I do think touring was fabulous. And I think she's probably somebody um, who they will bring back again because she's so remarkable. She's another queen that I remembered from her, her entrance. Yeah, definitely. Like such a beautiful soul. I was so looking forward to chatting to her, uh, chatting about her because um, definitely felt gone too soon. Like. I mean, I think, you know, we've a few of the queens. No, there's definitely mileage. Yeah. Yeah, mileage left who there. Who I was less and excited to talk about now than, than, than Turing. <laughs> if you know who I'm talking about. Uh, we'll move on to eighth place was Lady Morgana. So she um, she seems to have, she didn't speak Tagalog. She spoke regularly in another language called Basaya, apparently. Um and she definitely seemed to have the worst English of them. She seemed to speak English the least. I found it hard to kind of get to know her. But there'd be these moments where I just would see like a sort of glint in her eye. And I kind of appreciate her for that. But it was very sort of. It was a very sort of rough around the edges aesthetic. I felt it really felt like a local queen. In, and I don't mean that as a bad way. I nearly died when I saw she was 30. <laughs> because if you told me she older? was <laughs> if she told me she was 50 not only from the way she looks herself but also from the aesthetic that she pursues um, I didn't like her aesthetic sorry I love a talent show can I just say episode one they did the talent show love a talent show for a bit of context about the queens and she read the news now I know she did it with knobs on and changed her wigs around and did that but like only a financial expert, which we then go on to learn that Lady Morgana is by day. Only a financial expert can think the idea of reading the news with a few different wigs on is a good idea. <laughs> and Lady Morgana did not interest me. And I I didn't see really anything about her that made me want to Google her or find out more about her. Yeah, there's definitely this intangible thing where I was like, you're not going to be in the final. I could just tell, you know, that sort of thing. But she seems very nice and she seemed to take, you know, like she ended up as Miss Congeniality. Did you see that coming? I was quite surprised by that as well. There are others that I would have put yeah, in there before her. Touring or or even who will Silhouette. probably come down to. Silhouette. Because yeah. Silhouette's done the time. Now yeah. she may be a pain in the hoop for giving advice <laughs> all the time. that one may not necessarily want. But if I had a problem... I'd go to Silhouette. Yeah, well, I figured, you know, it, it often, like sometimes it does, but it often doesn't go to someone in the top four. So I was like, out of the Eliminated Queens, it has to be Turing, you know? And little shout out for Turing, who tried to say her catchphrase right at the end of the runway before she went off and she ended up saying it the wrong way around. So she said, I didn't have a bad day, I have bad drag. Oh, no way! <laughs> say it again with me! <laughs> So, and yeah. I come back and do it again. But yeah, no, Lady Morgana is no Heidi and Tosset in terms of miscongeniality. No, but Turing is a bit of a Nina West. Yes, you're actually right. Mm. She would have that kind of care. Nurturing feeling, yeah. Yeah, and do you know what? Trying to do the Queen family tree from the queens that we've seen 
in this episode. Everybody has a beef with somebody in that lineup, pretty much except for Turing. Did Lady Morgana have beef? No, but that's because she was from too far away and yeah. spoke a different language. <laughs> He's probably trying to sell them pensions. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, because there was there was the Divine Divas, which was Precious, Brigading, and Venus. And then there was the House of Silhouette, which was Silhouette, Marina, and Minty Fresh. So, like, the... I don't know, I'm going to say maybe they could have made more of it, but then there was also a lot of it as well. But it just, it, it wasn't as clearly defined as kind of, you know, Alaska talks versus the world or whatever. Um, no. Yeah. But then there was the Nectar girls. And who were they? I know Nectar was that nightclub. Were they not Silhouette's family? Yes, but there were either five or six Nectar girls. Now, I think I have them. And we haven't got onto all of them yet, but I think the Nectar girls were Eva Queen. Marina Summers, Minty Fresh, Venus Deluxe, Prince, Nigger, and Brigadine. Snigger, yeah. <laughs> you know, so okay, I yeah. mean there were and then um Silhouette is the one is is it's the mama. Yeah, it's the mama, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was confusing and then so I have a friend who's actually in Manila for work and I was like, please go to Nectar Club Nectar for me. And he was like, no, <laughs> it's too far away from where I live. And I was like, why? But apparently it's not overly safe there. So sometimes. Um... Interesting. Well, I read the TripAdvisor now and everybody was going on about this place is really small. It's really shit. <laughs> now, I, I, I don't know if they meant that, but I think there was a lot of like, it's open from midnight till 5 a.m. but the queens don't come on till 2 a.m. and there isn't a dance floor okay and there were some pictures of it and it did look kind of small so i think manage your expectations before you go to maybe Nectar. i'm glad however, i didn't send them there yeah okay fair enough however maybe they'll maybe they'll build an extension following the success yeah maybe precious will with her with her 100 million pesos did you look at how much that worked i did yeah 17 did. grand it's nothing it's nothing. And then the 20,000 pesos that they got for the mini uh, mm-hmm. challenges or whatever, um, I think is not 330 euros. <laughs> I think it was 331 euros. Now, I guess the purchasing power of, you know, a euro is better than it is here, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I that did take the wind out of my sails when I saw it was only 17 grand. All um, that trouble yeah. for 17 grand. But then again, and you know, uh, not jumping ahead here, but some of them really need the money yeah, in order to so. up their up their gear. And also based on their life stories, they seem to need the money as well. Oh my God, um, yeah. So, uh, so that was Lady Morgana. She came eighth in seventh place. I think my favourite queen of the bunch, Venus Lux. Now, interesting you say that, Keen, because... Today, when I was driving around, I thought Venus Deluxe is exactly the person that I would walk into a room and find and go, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with you. I want you to be my best friend. I think you're a hoot. I think you look like Vogue Williams with your big smile. Um, I think your dramas are hilarious. I think your laugh is hilarious. And then very quickly, I would start going like, oh my God, no, I actually am finding you too much. And then you actually were the one that guided me to a particular episode of Untucked where Venus hits the cocktails, (laughs) which then become the truth theorem 
and the wheels completely come off the wagon. <laughs> and then she goes and ruins her lip sync. Okay, I will I will say that <laughs> when the cocktails came out, I was like, oh girl, this isn't a good look now. I, it felt like sabotage. But up to that point, that big smiley face, I felt she brought a level of camp and humour to the runway that the others weren't. Like even her coming in, in that towel and turban was great. I loved the the saga la glamazon look that she made out of the leaves. I was like, with that loved brilliant. I loved the uh, shake rattle and rampa look where she had basically like her body severed from her legs. So clever. That's that's the sort I, of drag now that I love. And then I must say, on, I loved all her looks. Yeah. I loved all her looks. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. And, and then even like. For the pink look that she that she you know she dressed down when everyone else dressed up, and then I just noticed this thing of her being in the bottom when I was like, no, she was like in the top for me. She kept being in the bottom, and then I just kind of felt they were pushing her out, and then she pushed herself out. But I just I I just loved her approach to things. It felt really fresh compared to some of the others. I agree. And I love I was about to say I love the novelty of her looks. I loved the fact that she swam against the current. Um, I loved that pink outfit. Now, equally, I think she's the first person to throw everyone else under the bus. Because remember, the judges were saying, oh, your pink outfit, you didn't show us, you didn't reveal yourself. Yeah. And she was going, that's because they all told me not to. <laughs> So, but and but and also the outfit that or the look that you were describing from the second episode, where she has no experience in in sewing, and yet she romped home with it with an amazing, amazing um, sort of foliage bedecked corset, absolutely fabulous. Uh, so I, I, do you know what? She's two, she's two completely different sides of the coin. So much to love, and then equally so much to be allergic to. I think the the allergy comes with the folly and hubris of youth. You know, she's only 25, I think. She's very good for being so young. Uh, and she was one of the funniest comedy queens there as well. And I think, you know, a bit more confidence in her. She'd be unstoppable. Well, isn't she one of the Divine Divas? She a is one of the Divine Divas, yeah. Of precious who we're going to come on to venus and brigading who we're going to come on to uh and also she's one i'd pay money to go and see you know that great acid test with the queens i would definitely pay money to go and see her and the two others actually as the divine divas and speaking of brigading i was raging that brigading got the double chante and then meant that she left after venus deluxe i was like no no thank you i, I will not accept yeah. this narrative Brigading um, looks unfortunately like Daniela Westbrook, I thought. <laughs> I don't necessarily see that. Go back she and looks look. So young. She's got the overshot jaw. Okay. Yes, she does. Yeah. Go back and have a look. And anyone who's listening to this, it is going more towards the end when she's getting quite brave with her makeup looks. But especially when you watch her in Untucked, like kind of in the background when she's not posing, there's a Daniela Westbrook going on there. Right. That is my homework. But Brigadine is. Do you know what she is? 
the folly of youth. And she thinks, how old is she? Now, she's old enough to know better. She's 29, I think. Okay, old enough to know better. But she thinks because she went to New York and, you know, danced with Cindy Lauper and, quote, a few drag race queens, she swaggered into the workroom on day one and literally began to see maybe all isn't quite as it seems. But God love her. The arrogance kept her. Now, it kept her going, but it also kept her going. And eventually she was kind of. I loved that. um Madame Pau, Paolo was calling her, weren't they all calling her at the end? Brigadine, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, which was very crazy frog for my liking, you know. <laughs> well, I was calling her Brigadine, ding, don't. <laughs> there, one of my yeah, other she... favourite moments is, so there's a fight between Brigadine and Minty Fresh in Untucked about a competition they did in the past and Brigadine brought up something that Minty Fresh didn't like. I really didn't really understand the genesis of the argument. And um, so having this argument and I I actually thought Brigadine was, was doing a relatively decent job trying to be like, you know, just tell me how you feel. I didn't understand that. And Minty Fresh was kind of being sent off as some rain like GTFO. But there's a moment where Minty Fresh storms off and goes, you're crazy or whatever. And then Brigadine it's like doesn't want to look right down the barrel of the camera to say did she just call me crazy so she turns around to Gigi era who's like looking the other way grabs her hand and is like oh did you hear that she called me crazy and Gigi era is like listening to her ipod and it's like sorry i wasn't listening <laughs> it's just it's like she really thinks she is the main character in this room she does god love her and you, and, and she keeps going. Like, that would have been quite early on. That would have been episode two, episode one. Or you three, know, I think, because Gigi Arrow was going home. Yeah, so episode three. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, Brigadine didn't get a land until eight or nine. Like, when did she leave? She left at eight, seven? Um, she thinks she left at seven, yeah. So <laughs> it was then, literally at the end, she was doing the whole, okay, maybe I've just learned a little bit of humility. Oh, no, she left at eight because she... Had the double shantay after Snatch Game in episode six. So yeah, she... But I think the humility came after that. Yeah. And she wasn't as... I think she had a bit of humility, a humble pie. And she seemed to be like, you know, maybe I don't have to win all the time. Maybe I can just be happy being safe. I don't know. Uh, Do you know what? She probably has learned a lot from this. And, you know, she was probably a lot younger than her years and a lot more naive than her years. Equally... Uh, she's got quite a good following, I think. 61,000, which is a lot more than, than a lot of them. She's sort of in the middle with her Instagram following. So she's probably a girl that is going to keep going. And maybe if she learns from this, we're going to see more of her again. Yeah, she definitely has that fire there. But there was the touch of the Lucy Leducas for a while that she was like, I don't understand why I'm safe. To be fair, That's our it. girl Venus Deluxe is on 88. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm not, not doing too badly there. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just very hard to warm to Brigadine and the judges were a bit allergic to her now. Um, so yeah, I was, when you te- when you messaged me before this and you're like, who's most annoying? I don't know, I forgot about her. And then as soon as I remembered her, I was like, oh no, 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 no. She's the most annoying by far. Yeah. I think just whenever we saw her doing her voiceovers, uh, it's that like, are you for real? Do you actually really think this? And then you feel like you're being really mean and really judgy on her. But when you hear 
some of the other queens, some of them were just so much more articulate and had just such a better read on what was going on. And those were the ones who actually managed to make it towards more towards the end and had a bit of cop on about themselves. Now, someone who I think we have different opinions on is Minty Fresh. <sighs> Fascinated by her. I just couldn't warm to her. I kind of felt, I know at the end, Paolo was like, you've proved people that you're not just a luck queen. I don't know if that's true. I think no. she is just a luck queen so far. And fair enough, she's like only 18. And then I kind of just didn't, I just didn't warm to her. And I kind of was a bit resentful that she had two wins and she was the first of two wins, whatever. And she looked like she was going to go to the top because it just really didn't feel that like final four energy from her. And then when the sister came in, during the makeover challenge, it was the weirdest reaction <laughs> ever. And I felt at that moment, she dropped the momentum. And I was like, that's it. You're not going to be in top four now. I can just, you've, the fire's out of your belly. And you're, you're frazzled. There's so much I could say about her. I would put a lot of it down to young, dumb and full of cum. Is that possible <laughs> to say? Not necessarily <clears throat> dumb. <clears throat> Can we sidetrack and just on that expression? Because I wasn't, my boyfriend and I had a debate about that expression. The full of cum aspect in particular, does that mean virile or does that mean promiscuous? I, I see it as somebody who in this case is young and literally has their life in front of them, um, is very beautiful and just packed full of hormones. Okay. So like, Full of spunk. Yes. Okay. Okay. But also probably <laughs> delighted. But um, I don't know. What do I think? I think Minty Fresh is going to be a success. But I think Minty Fresh is 18 and beautiful. And when you are 18 and beautiful, you don't need a personality. You don't really need to know much about the world. I'm so impressed at her aesthetic. I'm so impressed at her ability to put a look together. I'm so impressed at the way she carries herself in the adult world. That makes me sound really old and really patronizing. But, you know, at the same time, look at where she is and what she's achieving. Now, let's look at the other side. And sorry, I have never seen an 18 year old who turns up at a talent contest with their own laser show. That was good. That, I mean, like, how many how many eighteen year olds do you know turn up turning up at talent shows anyway? But yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> like seriously, the first episode, you've got poor Lady Morgana with her twisty wig and her news reading, and you've this one literally singing. Um, it was her own song. It's her vocal. It's her stage show. It's her lasers. It's her outfits. It's her everything. Like that absolutely blew me away. But the really interesting thing is I I noticed a few things about the sister that you're referring to. And that's basically the partner's, um, the family resemblance challenge, uh, challenge, where her sister pitches up and her sister, God lover, is no minty fresh. Poor old berry fresh was kind of frumpy fresh. And Minty Fresh was disgusted. Now, before she was announced, Minty Fresh was doing the whole, I hope none of my family arrive. And her excuse was, I'm worried about um, COVID. 
I don't want my Do family being excuse? exposed. Not really. No. Did you? I'm a bit gullible, so I did. Yeah, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I think two things were going on here. Remember the friend okay. that died from asthma? Yeah. Sorry for your trouble, Minty Fresh. But <laughs> I think it was, I think it's convenient. And I think it's like, you know, maybe during COVID when we were all invited to things we didn't want to go to and we used COVID as the excuse, but actually we were only delighted we didn't have to go. Um, but I think what was really interesting was um, at some stage towards the end of the series, and I don't know if it's in an untucked or if it was in her Kiki chat, she was talking about her family and being, she said she knew that she was gay from a very early age. I think this was in her Kiki chat. Um, She knew that she was gay from a very early age. And in the Philippines, if the teachers have a feeling that you're gay, they tell the parents very early on. And she didn't want her parents knowing. She didn't want her family being aware of her life or her other life. And I think that Minty Fresh separated herself from her um, her, her family because she didn't want her family knowing too much about her life. OK, so therefore, fast forward and, and still is 18, so still is quite young and probably hasn't developed a huge amount in life. I won't use the expression again, but um, <laughs> when, but when the and then she said she didn't want her mother to come down because her mother was really old. I'm going, you're 18. Your mother can't be really old. But anyway, we'll forgive that one. But then when the sister turned up, I think she was frightened because this other part of her life was was now thrust upon her. Number one, number two, I think Minty Fresh has probably had because of her aesthetic has probably had it quite easy in life. And you know her great line about oh I can't be arsed. I paraphrase here. I can't be arsed doing drag if it's too much of a, a difficulty. You know I if it's difficult I won't do it. So the sister comes along. It, she's going to be a challenge. She's a link to Minty Fresh's past. Maybe COVID is there somewhere, but I'd say she didn't have the emotional intelligence just to suck it up and deal with the situation as it needs to be dealt with. And I think she just had one of those mini kind of explosions that we all probably do maybe when our worlds collide in a way that's a little bit uncomfortable for us. And I think at that stage, she was beginning to get a little bit conscious of her place in the competition and how she's still in there and she was doing well. But I think one of the funniest sights from that um, family episode was, and you saw there was a very, very touching bit with Precious and her brother, John John, and the whole studio, like I'd say even the cameramen are having snotty tears, you know, and the camera pans a bit, a bit wider and you can literally just see Minty Fresh looking up into the middle distance. Couldn't get <laughs> and even in any of the untucks afterwards, she's there slurping her cocktail or there is no bond between her and the sister. But anyway, that's a long winded I think rant. I think you've definitely hit on something there. I, I thought you were kind of getting at it. It was that she wasn't, she was standoffish because she didn't want to do the makeup challenge with her sister. But I think you're actually right. I think there is something very jarring for when you aren't out yet and you're forced to show a side of your life to your family that she wasn't comfortable with it yet. She she hadn't broken that boundary and she was having a panic attack. And I think, yeah, I think that that's, I think you've definitely hit something there. And then I think it's very easy to go, I'm so worried about you getting COVID. Would you please back off back to wherever it is 
the family are based and just leave me in my very compartmentalized life that I can manage and that I can handle. And there's an awful lot of stuff going on with me at the moment. And this is an extra dynamic that I really, really am having problems processing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get into the top four. Um, I guess we don't know exactly who is third or fourth. So let's go with Eva Lequeen next. Uh, really interesting trajectory as a queen who didn't win one challenge, but like never really felt she should be going home at any point, like was always consistently good. Um, really liked her. And I really thought like her reaction to being told that quote, the look was trash, but she felt it was trash, was really honest and raw. And like you kind of mentioned there about mirror moments, some of them can feel a bit packaged. This felt reactionary and you could see how deep it cut. I loved Eva Queen, and I th- and Eva Queen didn't register with me when she walked into the workroom the first time. You know, she didn't have a, a USP in my mind. You know, she didn't have any defining factor other than being, you know, very beautiful and glam. I love her painting. I wanted to learn how to tape myself like she does. <laughs> the eyes, the skin. I think she was just a very creative beautiful painter um, I loved her looks and I think she is the absolutely living example of consistency trumps over brilliance yeah yeah like I think her and Minty Fresh are kind of polar opposites in in that like Minty Fresh is really good at one thing whereas Evil Queen can kind of do everything they were kind of saying she's not very good at dancing but I mean she did the job and uh yeah, there were a lot I, of them that weren't very good at dancing. I think that's the point of Nectar not having a dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really liked her. I like. I don't feel there's that much really to say about her, but she was a real like, consistent anchor throughout the whole season. She's the one to watch. Yeah, okay. You think you think in Philippines versus the world or any franchise you choose her? No, I just, I just mean in the series that she's okay. somebody who um, I wish I'd tuned in more to earlier. I also thought she was the most articulate queen um, in all of uh, the one-to-ones. You know, I thought she was really, really good. She she surmised the situation well. I think she kind of liked having that role as a a type of narrator. Um, But I think that... um, yeah, I like I could follow. A, I thought her English was very good as well. I I could follow a lot of what was going on through her eyes. Unbiased opinion. And Liked also, it. yeah, like a, a perfect example of how to play drag race when you're not winning. You know, you're not ending up like Lucy Laduca or Brigadine. You're just like, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, aside from and she was so fair. She was so right in Trashgate to have the reaction she had and it was raw and it was honest and actually do you know what I learned from that get it out have your messy cry because you'll feel so much better after it don't hold it in um you know and it's only when you see it play out in front of you like that you go do you know what having a really good rant a really honest reaction to something you'll get over it a hell of a lot quicker now I want I I would she didn't really talk much about I can never pronounce his name the 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 fashion designer who called her trash Raho was yeah. that his name yeah. yeah um we didn't really hear any feedback from her about Raho did we 
No, like they kind of set it up to be like, oh, this is my first time being critiqued by Raho. The Queen's love and blah, 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 blah. And then he calls her that. And she kind of just like, she takes it on the chin. And then obviously sort of falls apart backstage. We also didn't get much of her backstory. And we also like that reaction to me, although it was clearly raw, is not the reaction of somebody who's been told they were trash once. There, It like cut deeper and she never let us in to what that is. And I mean, that's perfectly fine because it's her own private business. But, you know, in terms of getting to know her, I still think there was an element of arm's length to her. If RuPaul was the host, he would be asking her to show her true self. Yeah, exactly. How, what did that feel like, Eva Queen? And then, you know, he would have been standing there prodding the other saboteur until she opened up, I think. <laughs> and showing her a picture of herself when she was four. Yeah, well, they did do that in the end, didn't they? But yeah. I um, didn't see that bit. I'd kind of, I missed that, but yeah. Oh, also, being honest, did you watch at 1.0x speed? No, I didn't. I watched the whole thing. Did I Did I focus during Snatch Game? No. Did I focus during the beauty pageant thing? No, because I just didn't get a lot of the references. Um, but anything that involved a runway or, you know, a, a, a bit of backstage in the workroom or anything, I absolutely focused on. I watched a lot of it at 1.25 speed. So not as quick as I watched Italia, but it still, still needed a bit of speed, I felt, for it. Um, well sorry can I just say some of the episodes were an hour and a half yeah I, this has to come up at some point they were very long my biggest critique for the whole franchise is it was too long I did the maths on how long the series was and 10 episodes of Philippines and 10 episodes of Untucked were the same length as the 14 episodes of season 15 and the 14 episodes of Untucked now bear in mind season 15 a lot of them were 40 minute episodes so it's shorter than usual but yeah, 10 minute, ten episodes in the same amount of minutes as 14 episodes of another season is a lot. No, it was a lot. And you know what? At one stage, I actually thought we were going to be watching somebody cleaning out their toenails or something, because I would imagine very little was left on the cutting room floor. I mean, literally, we nearly watched every blinking bit of eyeliner and makeup going on every queen or whatever. Yeah. Having said that, having said that, um, you know, I, I would rather a longer episode than a shorter, because I think one of the big problems with season 15, as we've all been saying, is that we've been going so fast through it. It's been so hard to get a handle on the queens. So the queens that have revealed themselves to us, we've actually got to know an awful lot better. Yeah, absolutely. OK, next up is uh, Marina Summers. She kind of flew under the radar for me a bit at the start. Even though she did win a challenge, she won the um, Queen Bitchy of All Time improv pageant. Uh, But actually, by the end of it, I was like, no, she's pretty fierce. And she was a brilliant dancer. She had some pretty good looks at some point. Some other ones that were like, fine. Um, I never fully understood the drama between her and Silhouette. She She left the house of Silhouette but didn't tell anybody. Yeah, you see, so people were being very harsh on Silhouette about it, but I, because Silhouette threw shade on Marina Summers' birthday when Marina Summers launched her single. However, <laughs> Marina you Summers... you summarise had... like that, you're like, wow, how inane is it? <laughs> However, Marina Summers had to do something 
which was to leave the house of Silhouette and her mama and her many Nectar girls. You know, she had to do that. And I think she, I gather she did it in not necessarily a very upfront and direct way. So she did that. And she, that was the catalyst, uh, the cause. And the effect was that Silhouette put up a nasty post after um, Marina Summers launched her single. And all hell breaks loose. I'm glad you took better notes of that than I did. I felt like I'm on the front line. <laughs> I could see the 6-1 news. One. The post read by Marina, by Silhouette, following the launch of Marina Summer single. <laughs> I'll be the Anne Doyle on this yeah, one. Exactly. Now, so she had beef with Silhouette. She'd beef with Minty Fresh because they both fought over a boy. Haven't we all dare? Get over it. And then, of course, um, she had beef with um, someone else. Didn't she, Marina Summers? I lost track a lot of the beefs. And I don't know, it, it felt like because a lot of the beefs pre-existed the show, we never really, well, I felt I never had a good handle on what most of the beefs were about. Now, maybe you do obviously better notes about Marina Summers' single than I did. <laughs> oh, well, I, I actually made myself watch it twice because I couldn't quite understand it. But that that's my take on it. Oh, I think, did she have a little bit of beef with Venus Deluxe at the end when Venus, when the wheels were coming oh, off yeah, the wagon? Yeah, I think I think so. I think Venus was, yeah. just, was just probing her and pissing her off, yeah. She had three beefs anyway. So she and I presume that if you're having a beef with Silhouette and you're a Nectar girl, you're probably not really in the best of situations with your other Nectar girls in that tiny, tiny nightclub with no dance floor. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and But I suppose also the producers were only delighted to have her there because it's great to have somebody who's going to stir the pot. And um, give them lots and lots of good content when you have an hour and a half. But yeah, did, oh, still Bill. didn't feel like a villain. Like, didn't get a villain at it, even though she had a lot of beef. Or maybe you felt, did she feel she was a villain? No, I don't no. think she, I mean, she got a villain edit. She, she got enough of a villain edit on her entrance to make me go, ooh, okay. You know, we're, we're, strap, strap yourselves in, guys. We're going to get a bit of a story here. But um, the Minty thing was, was minimal. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, because it was in Untucked as opposed to on the main show, you could miss the Venus Deluxe hoo-ha. But I think um, I think they needed, and it was interesting that they addressed the controversy with Silhouette in the first episode, because they came back to it many, many times until there was kissing and making up and hugs and everything else going on. Yeah, it was a real slow, it was a real slow, you know, reunion of those two. Like that, like, just before they went out on the main stage for the final time, let's have one last final chat. And don't you believe that that spin the wheel was so rigged so that Silhouette and um, <laughs> and, and Marina Summers had a, had a little lip sync off against each other. I think so, because, and like, Silhouette's next, so let's get into her, but like, she kicked both of her, her drag kids out of the competition, so, I mean, I think it's like, there's a full circle moment that the producers always mm-hmm. want, right? So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I went on a bit of a journey with Silhouette, I kind of was, was, so she comes in, she has that beef, she's like airing the beef at Marina in front of Paolo, and y'all just sort of feel like, ladies like this isn't the time for all like we don't re- you know anyway she doesn't warm for me but over the whole season she does I really warm to her 
when she has that breakdown in Untucked. Did you see that episode where she has a breakdown after the yes. critique her? She talks about how her parents yes. abandoned her and her grandmother raised her and then she went to say goodbye to her grandmother before she came on the show and her granny doesn't recognise mm-hmm. her anymore and she's howling from the depths of her soul out of rejection basically and then she's experienced this rejection on the main stage and she's you know, re- you know really really hurt and kind of like Evil Queen after Trashgate except the queens were able to comfort her no one was comforting her she was just sort of standing in the middle of the room <laughs> screaming at everybody and nobody knew what to do they were like god she's really hurt i can see why i don't but know, you know but then i really i was her. just going to say that i think the problem about silhouette is she's always wailing about something <laughs> like <laughs> how, you know she was having her meltdown about missing gel is that the partner she was having the meltdown yes. about her family. She was having the meltdown about uh, Marina Summers. Which, to be fair, the family dynamic sounds meltdownable. Oh, oh, no, know. absolutely. And she's got nobody in the world except for the um, Chihuahua and, well, I was about to say the Chihuahua and the partner. But also she has her yeah. partners but, or her daughters. <laughs> but also, do you not think that the reason why none of them were gravitating towards her was because they look on her as the mama and they were probably kind of taken back. What do you do when the strong person crumbles? And they're probably there going like, you know, from a distance, Pat, Pat, are you okay? But all of them just anxiously looking at each other. And I presume Minty Fresh had a cocktail going and was looking up into the middle distance because she's not emotionally equipped to deal with anything like that at all. But I think um, I think Silhouette is a really, really interesting person. I think they are somebody who, if you got stuck in a corner of a nightclub, restaurant, bar, whatever, with them, time would fly and you would have the most amazing conversations. You yeah. know, I yeah, definitely. They would be the person I'd be. I I would gravitate towards um, Venus Deluxe, but actually. I, I would be happier with Silhouette, except my only thing with Silhouette, which two things. Number one, um, the family thing. You have the names for all of the uh, episodes better than I do. The one where they dress each other up in their family, family resemblances, the makeovers. makeovers. Yeah. The makeover challenge. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, so the partner comes along and they do the most amazing number together. Do you think they do that every night? <laughs> Do you think? Uh, I, I don't. But I looked at the partner and I was like, okay, well, first of all, you've got the cheekbones of a model straight off the bat. So a clear advantage compared to, what did you call her? Frumpy oh, Fresh? Frumpy <laughs> Fresh. It was Minty. Minty's sister. You know, I was like, you, you know, you look like a model. You look like Linda Evangelista. You know, he was, or I guess he, they were, was like, I'm thinking of doing drag anyway. I was like, this is a clear advantage. Having and him. they win um, beauty, beauty but, pageants, male and female. Oh, I didn't miss that. He just, or the boyfriend or the partner does beauty pageants, do they? Gal or Jal, Jal or whatever yeah, yeah, his or, name is. Their name yeah, is. Yeah. Um, They win beauty pageants, both male and female beauty pageants, along with Corazon. But I'd have to tell you, <laughs> I'd put my money on Jal before Corazon. <laughs> Think of the teeth. I don't know. I think the, the teeth. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if the Chihuahua enters anything either. Yeah, but maybe, gross, maybe the Chihuahua yeah. wins best part. Uh, but yeah, silhouette. When silhouette um, does the video for champion mm-hmm. at the end, that wig. 
I was about to say Chris Jenner. Yeah, but like, like a Spice Girl Chris Jenner. Bright red Chris Jenner wig. But actually, I just thought that silhouette, I now know why silhouette's look is the long, long, long black straight hair as opposed to any other. And silhouette should not try and attempt to vary things too much from their chosen wig look. No. And I think at one point they win the challenge in a Carly Rae Jepsen wig. And I was like, that works for you, girl. But that pussycat wig did not. (laughs) Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Can I say wig and look of the thing for me was Minty Fresh's boxing outfit. The silver sequins with the silver choppy very long at the back mullety wig oh yeah 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 Yeah. the lilac purple it's so hot this season yes little bustier top that was great not so big on the skirt but i loved that whole aesthetic so while poor old silhouette had the hideous red pussy wig on minty fresh was rocking it yeah yeah it wasn't great um no even though I think my favorite, uh, well, I guess, yeah, we can get into some of the better looks later on. But one of my favorite ones from mm. Minty was her turno look. I loved it. It kind of looked like it was made of like origami, you know, swans yes. or whatever. It looked amazing. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So let's get to the winner. Precious Paula Nicole. Um, when you saw she was going to be the winner via spoilers, were you surprised? Very. Were you? Well, I guess I knew. Um, but watching the show, I think I would have been surprised. Like, I definitely noticed a Precious Paula bias from the judge judges because there were times I thought she probably should have been lip syncing in the bottom and she was safe. Um, but, like, I think she deserved to be in the final four. I think she's really likable, really endearing. You know, she seems to have got a lot of points at times because she performed with a lot of heart and I think that did come across but does not have and this is okay because we saw Spanky Jackson and Down Under as well doesn't have a calibre of runway that you would particularly associate with a winner but equally doesn't have the money at the moment to pay for the calibre of runway so let's give her a little bit of rope there because maybe with all after she's bought John John's passport Oh my God. Um, Since Nadine Coyle never has a passport been so significant to a person in my eyes. Oh my God. Now, I was actually nearly crying at that part. I loved, and I don't normally like that challenge, but I absolutely, that was my favourite challenge when we get on to talking about challenges, I know. But um, John John, the brother, who, God love him, was kind of a big, lolloping young fella. And Precious just heaped so much love and attention and care and just all the pure, pure right things. And she kind of took on Turing's mantle after Turing left, you know, our favourite queen. She was definitely Miss Congeniality as well. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she, she is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person. So maybe with a few quid behind her. And wasn't she saying that like even all the designers that were going to design for her fell through and all of that so maybe with that on board also I thought a lot of her outfits were really unflattering on her because at one stage I was at the boxing she kind of a body on and you're going like actually you've got a good figure yeah yeah she 
something about it I found so fascinatingly androgynous in that mm. like I don't feel she was purposefully projecting androgyny but the long hair like out of drag she has the long hair of like a skater dude almost yes but the face is is kind of so feminine that I'm like I had to double check whether she was trans or not because I was like you kind of almost give and like who am I I'm not policing anyone's gender and like that but like I kind of kept getting this like woman vibe off her even out of drag that I was like it's so interesting how you even out of drag just feel so comfortable in, in in this space between the binary that I thought was so interesting it, it, it's one of those sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for it hasn't been formulated in any way it is that is her genuine look it hasn't been pushed or aesthetically enhanced in any direction yeah. that is literally just whereas like the even way a queen nature. you can see a transformation from her boy self to her drag self there yes. too but this kind of just feels like a glammed up version of her at a drag absolutely yeah no 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 that's so it's that's a very good point so you know where does where does uh you know the the, the natural end and the drag version begin because it's it's probably just with one or two strokes of an eyeliner brush or something you know <laughs> exactly. that makes that difference between the transition but um i think that's what what makes her maybe so natural in drag as well because it doesn't like maybe it doesn't i mean i'm like i can't speak for her but maybe it doesn't mm. feel like that much of a transformation for her i don't know do you think she was a good winner i think she is a good winner i think she's not a not well not that she's a typical winner i think silhouette probably has had probably a better case to win mm-hmm. uh, because she had more talent wins. I think she probably had more versatile runways. I think she also did one of the challenges. She's probably all more rounder. But I think kind of like kind of like Spanky Jackson or kind of maybe more like. Um, uh, okay, no, I was going to say uh, someone like Ella Viday, but actually she didn't end up winning in the end. It was kind mm. of just like someone who's just really likable. And I think as an ambassador for the Philippines drag, I think she's a really great one. Actually, that's she's got. I mean, I see that she, you know she's eleven years drag experience, so she's got the air miles under her bonnet or whatever you want to say. That she's she's going to be no fly by night. She'll be there and she'll be flying the flag. It didn't strike me as a very daring winner. It didn't strike me as a stop the lights winner. Um, I must say, towards the end, I was just so loving. Um. And at the beginning, Marina Summers didn't grab me. But as we got further and further and further into the competition, I think she elevated her look so well. Um, Can I segue for a minute? The two birds that we saw on the stage, there was one bird on episode one in a magic act. And then there was another bird. Yeah, that, that was, that was um, precious. precious. Yeah. Were they real birds? Well, the second one definitely wasn't. A real bird. It was definitely Wasn't. animatronic. Yeah. Okay. I think the first one might have been animatronic, animatronic as well, but I was going like, you wouldn't know when yeah. it's from such a country <laughs> exactly. far, far away what the, what, what's right and what's not. But um, yeah, pulling an old bird out from under your, your goon. We haven't seen that before, so fair play to her. Like, I think, you know, I think she's a brilliant performance queen and I think 
If I had stuck around a drag con to see her perform, I think she would have done a really good job. You will next year, that's I will, for sure. Absolutely, I won't miss it, miss it next year. And you'll wink back. Yeah. <laughs> That is part one of our coverage of Drag Race Philippines. Join us back next week when Melanie and I will be discussing the individual challenges and what we thought of the season overall. For now, thank you so much for listening to The Workroom and I'll catch you next week.